back to the Ticket Water Cooler on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. We're back here on the Ticket Water Cooler and ready for our weekly tradition of bringing on Brian Munson of Husker Online and on 3 to get caught up on Husker recruiting. Of course, it's been a busy week for Nebraska, starting up with the Dylan Riola news, the Teddy Rezac news. So a good week to have Brian on. Brian, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, man. How are you? Oh, not too bad. Uh, of course, like most of Husker Nation, maybe could be feeling a little bit better uh, this week. But uh, onward and upward, right? we got to look forward to the future and not maybe what could have been. Uh, any final thoughts on, on Dylan Riola in, in picking uh, Georgia? It looked like all the everything was kind of leading that way. And then uh, Dylan, I think if anything of interesting about it is, is the timing, um, deciding to go ahead and, and pull the trigger now. Well, I, I think Nebraska fans obviously felt good, you know, in that February, March time frame where he had visited a couple times in three weeks and, and, and rightly so. I mean, I, I think I was even kind of going, wow, that, you know, that this could really be happening. Like things could really have turned over, um, you know, from the Ohio state decommitment, Matt rule coming to Lincoln, you know, maybe some things are really, really starting to happen. Um, and, and then things went really sideways. I think that, you know, he kind of shut it down. There's a lot of, lot of, a uh, lot of speculation, obviously that he was getting closer to a commitment, his timing, although a little, maybe, maybe a little early is really pretty much in line though. Still where I felt like it was, it needed to happen. He kept saying July, August, and that made no sense because who wherever he was going to go, whether it was USC, Nebraska, Georgia, wherever, you would have rather he committed, you know, in that May June time frame, if not like early July, because you really want to capitalize on that so you can like close out the rest of your class. You want to grab all the high level guys and bring them all in and say, "Look what we got! We got the number one quarterback in the country, maybe the number one player overall." Go ahead and you know sign up here, get in, get into the class because we're going to be filling up really really quick, and that. That was absolutely necessary for him to do. The, the timing that he had originally mentioned made no sense, none. And, and so th- this is a little bit more in line with what we were thinking. I, I think it's a positive for Nebraska, at least that he came off the board a little bit early. Um, if they did want to kind of go back out there and take a look for some 2024 guys, I, I, I think the big pivot here is obviously – does Nebraska feel like, you know, they have the number two guy, not only just the number one guy, but the number two guy in the current room. And, and if they feel like they do, then I think that they need to go after a 2024 quarterback. And if they don't, then maybe you see them go back into the portal and take a look and things, you know, things really get kind of weird with 2024 quarterbacks. If you can kind of think about this just a little bit, if you put them into kind of a cycle where you're looking at October, November, December, and you start hearing rumblings about, well, that head coach is going to get fired. A lot of times those, those classes fall apart. So if, if you're kind of thinking that, you know, there'll be a second market down the, down the, down the road a little ways, you're probably right. And I think that there's a bit of a second market already when you go out to like the top 100 teams or the top 100 quarterbacks that are out there, you know, based on on three, there's only like 25 guys that aren't committed in that whole list. But there are a lot of guys that are, that are committed, you know, along with another quarterback that's in the top 100 to the same school. 
and I think that that's an interesting, you know, possibility too, to, to approach a guy. So um, it'll be, an, it, it's going to be fun to see what Nebraska does in the quarterback position because the 2024 class, um, they, if they take a guy, it means that they feel good about the room. And if they go portal or don't, don't do anything else about it, um, you know, it's, it, it's, it, it could mean, you know, could mean, could mean like that they need a number two guy, you know, somewhere else down the line. I mean, the portal guy would definitely be interesting because it means that they're looking for somebody else to kind of take that, take that pressure off of them. If Sims were to get hurt or something like that during the season. So you mentioned the the recruiting side of it and and Georgia or or just wrapping up the recruitment with Dylan Raiola and using that momentum to fill the rest of your class. Um, yep. Where does Nebraska go from here with with not getting Dylan Raiola's commitment and a guy like you know not saying that he's going with him or that he's a package deal, but a guy like Ryan Wingo who has kind of been uh, known not known but uh, kind of been rumored to be going wherever Dylan ended up committing. Uh, a guy like Brandon Baker who, although even without Dylan coming, has visited Nebraska multiple times. Where does Nebraska go in terms of getting some more of that high level talent in the 2024 class without the commitment of of Riola? Well, I mean, Wingo told me specifically that he and <clears throat> he and Riola are talking. I mean, they have they have taken visits to the same school on the same weekends. That's not by coincidence. They, they're they're scheduling that. And they are they are arranging all that to happen. Uh, uh, Wingo Wingo is going to be a bulldog. Just wait and see. Um, what's going to be really interesting is are the other guys that you that you'd mentioned uh, Baker and Nathaniel Frazier, you know, and Eden Breland. You know, where do you sit at now with with Dylan Williams and and Mathudi and um, you know, where where are the other guys at in California? Like, where's their headspace at now that Rayola is not going to Nebraska? And and honestly, I would say like with Brandon Baker, um, you know, that was a guy that was you know pretty adamant, you know, around the spring game and even before that, he was coming back for an official visit. Now, how does that get kind of impacted? I'll, I'll even go one further. You got an in-state guy that's got that's got a Georgia offer, and he's been communicating mm-hmm. with Rayola. Um, so it's, you know, you got Carter Nelson out there in Ainsworth, uh, and, and it's going to be really interesting, obviously, you know, what happens there with him. And, and Nebraska has at least one tight end, you know, in the in the class already. You know, maybe there's a reaction there, too, with, with him. But I, I, I think that Georgia probably stands maybe to get uh, uh, Riddell, obviously, the, the tight end out of Missouri as well. So it, it's – I think that I think things are going to get interesting. We're talking about a lot of new names, you know, here in the last couple of weeks with guys making their way onto the official visitor list in the month of June. Guys, that, those are these are the, these are guys that we were not talking about in March and April. Hmm. Um, these are these are guys now. I don't think that they're necessarily on to like Plan B, but I think that Nebraska certainly wanted to put their best foot forward on the Plan A guys, you know, the Brelands and the Bakers and and, and so on. But I think that Nebraska's had a bigger plan kind of in place where, you know, you had to kind of get things going with those with those five star number one type players at their position. And then you had to be really ready to kind of, you know, get get the kind of class I think that we would all kind of expect, you know, for a for a four and eight team to kind of go ahead and gather and, and find those find those kind of hidden gems, the guys that you really feel like you can, you can bring in and develop. And, and I think a lot of these guys, obviously after Nebraska's offered like Cohen Eccles is a, is a great example. Um, they have, they have just skyrocketed. You know, I think Nebraska offers Eccles. He picks up Houston and Texas A&M like within hours of the Nebraska offer. So 
I think Nebraska's doing a, a really good job on their evaluation. I think they've done an excellent job on their recruiting up to this point. They just need to get some of those. They need, they need to have some success on the field to lure those bigger name guys to get them in the class to feel better about, you know, what the trajectory is of the, of that current team in the program. Now people are, do continue to ask this. So I wanted to ask you this as well. Is, is it all but done with Daniel Kalen? I know he committed to Missouri. Would there be any chance to reach back into that? I don't know for sure. I, if I were to guess, I'm going to say it's done. And I think it's because of the way that Kalen went about, you know, his process. He, he didn't want to be second fiddle to, to Dylan Rayola in Nebraska's class. I mean, and, and I think everybody knew that that was what was happening there. So what, what does he do? He decides to go ahead and circumvent the whole thing. You know, Rayola's not going to commit until May, June, July, August, some, sometime in the, sometime in the summertime or close to the end of the school year. Kalen takes advantage of the offers that are there even prior to the evaluation period, prior to where more schools could have gotten out and really he could have taken off a little bit. I mean, as other guys are kind of coming off the board, like I said, there's a high number of top 100 quarterbacks that are off the board. It's going to increase the value of any guy that's not committed in that top 100 kind of list. But Kalen didn't even wait for that. Kalen had the offers that he felt like he needed or wanted to kind of go ahead and consider, like he could make that decision. Uh, and, and I think I, I really kind of applaud him. I really kind of applaud him for, for going through the process the way that he did, because it just, it shows such great maturity. It shows that, you know, you can, you, you don't, you, you, you feel confident with the information at hand that you're, you're not going to wait around and, 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 you know, pick up, pick up a late kind of spot in the Nebraska class because Nebraska didn't get what they wanted, but they're going to get then Kalen. It just p- didn't paint like a great picture. Uh, and, and for that reason, I think Daniel probably stays with his commitment to, to Missouri. Now, June usually a big recruiting month for Nebraska. I know they've got some official visitors coming in, like you mentioned earlier. Um, what, yep. uh, what, what are kind of some of those names? And is there like a specific? I know sometimes they have like a big weekend. Is there is there a particular weekend they're looking at? Yeah, I, I think it was Matt Rule a week ago who had mentioned in a uh, like a Lincoln City of Commerce um, presentation that they were kind of setting up around a later date, you know, in the month of June that would be like their kind of more banner weekend. You know, typically uh, the schools I'll try to say like, hey, the first weekend of the month of June, we're going to we're gonna call that like the top, you know, the top target kind of weekend. Like I have talked to many players that are, that are you know, going to a school um, that first weekend and they said, yeah, I'm going to their top target weekend, official visit or whatever. The problem with that is, is that, you know, if you're dealing with three stars, four stars, or even five star guys, there are several teams around the country that want to have that top target kind of weekend. And these guys are stuck, you know, picking and choosing. So Nebraska would have been able to support, you know, something like a top target weekend. But they also would have lost out because a lot of guys, I think, would have chosen to go to other schools uh, and, and visited there. And, and, and it, it, you don't want that to kind of play out there in that space where it can kind of draw criticism or anything like that. In fact, what you do 
is you set up around a later date, which is what Nebraska is doing. I think it's going to be the 23rd. I think the 16th is going to have uh, some, you know, some some size, similar, more similar to like what the other schools around the country are expecting that first weekend in June. But we already know about seven guys coming in for that, that weekend of the 23rd. I think we have four or five, um, actually only two for the 16th now. There's a four, four of them coming in the, the first weekend in June, which is still a, a good weekend, just not – not the 23rd kind of weekend yet. Um, and I think Nebraska is doing the right thing here. I think uh, I, I've seen it both ways to where you want to set a solid tone, you know, and, and really come out and impress a recruit with the first visit. And so you, you want them to visit Nebraska first. So they're thinking about Nebraska first, but then I've also seen it more often than not, you know, kind of come back and, and, and haunt Nebraska because it's always like, the latest official visit is the most, you know, fresh in the memory and, and, and the one that obviously that they're talking about the most because they got guys like me that want to call them up and talk about it over and over and over again. <laughs> so um, I, I really see some some good, you know, thought process here around wanting to move that date back in the month of June. Yeah, that, that's certainly interesting stuff. Uh, one final thing I wanted to get to, of course, Teddy Rizak commits to Notre Dame the day after getting a Nebraska yeah. um, offer. Um, with him, maybe you could touch on him a little bit specifically, but overall, I, I think that it's kind of interesting, just in-state recruiting and Matt Rule in, 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 in this staff. This is a great in-state year where a lot of guys have a lot of different offers, but is it fair yet to this staff to kind of hold it against them if they don't get some of the in-state kids? Great points. Um, so first of all, Rizek, uh, tremendous athlete. I think he's gonna gonna be a fantastic Division One player. His brother's gonna be a good Division One player too. Um, I, you know, there's nine guys in the state of Nebraska that, that picked up Division One offers. When we talked about like that banner year to, for Division One talent, you know, we, I think we really thought that last year was was a spectacular year, and it was. I, I think this year you got a, a better headliner, you know, in Carter Nelson, I think just kind of across the board and where he's kind of at with, with his offers, you know, and, and the teams that are, that are going up to, to Ainsworth to check out, you know, a, a tight end. Uh, and you, and you've got obviously the wide receivers in Omaha. Yeah. Caleb's already off the board and Caleb Benning and, and, and so on and so on. But I think that it's really indicative that, that, that the talent, I think, is obviously on the rise in the state of Nebraska. I, I think some of that has to do with, you know, seven on seven. And, and, uh, and, and, that's, and that is all fantastic. But when these guys, you know, now, like, because there were very few of them outside of, like, Ashton Murphy that really made their way over. And, and I, I'd say probably for, to a lesser extent, Isaiah McMorris, because he kind of came over to Lincoln kind of out of the blue, too. But, like, Davon Hall hasn't been over to Lincoln once since Matt Rule has become the head coach. Um, and some of these guys have been coming, you know, coming through, you know, far and few between, like maybe they've only been there once, maybe twice through the spring. Um, not really the typical kind of Nebraska thing, like, hey, you've got an open door, like come back all the time, anytime you want to. There hasn't been a lot of like getting back as often as they kind of can kind of things. And that's maybe picking on their, their personal schedules a little bit. But I think it's also indicative of just, you know, where they're at with Nebraska as part of their process, too. I, I, I don't think it reflects negatively on rule. Everything I've heard is positive around rule. I think that just these guys aren't really familiar with Nebraska being a successful program. Um, and that's going to take some winning to change to change the hearts and minds a little bit. 
unfortunately for these guys though, it's gonna you gotta kind of still show anyway that you're that you're on your way back. And um, yeah, it, it's it's tough to do when you've gone four and eight, and you know now you got change of the head coach. You got to kind of focus on the positives right now, and that that's that's obviously gonna that's obviously gonna impact the way that this year is gonna go recruiting wise. Uh, excellent stuff once again uh, from Brian Munson of Husker Online in on three. Thanks again for joining us and breaking it down. We'll talk next week, guys. We'll see you. All right, sounds good. We'll see you. All right, let's take a quick break here on the Ticket Water Cooler. Uh, when we come back, we've got a few college football notes, and I want to ask you because I, I saw this out there, and maybe oh, you, no. can, you can text this in. Uh, Big Game Boomer, who is just a, oh, a, a Twitter, a lot that of fun guy. stuff. Uh, no, no reason to shout his name out, but he did have it. He sometimes comes up with good topics. He put up the top 50 worst group of – uh, of Power 5 losses of the college football era, Nebraska had three of them. So uh, Nebraska's lost to Northern Illinois in 2017. Nebraska's uh-huh. lost to Georgia Southern in 2022. Okay. And Nebraska's lost to Troy in 2018. Ooh, that was a bad one. Which one of those stung the worst for you as a Nebraska fan? Let us know on the text line. Start name at text line 402-464-5685. We'll talk about that coming up next year on 93.7 The Ticket.